Hi, I'm Colleen Nelson, licensed therapist, trauma expert, and fellow badass woman ready to rise up right alongside you. This podcast, Let the Rest Burn, is for the woman who has ignored, attacked, or even silenced her inner voice because she thought it was broken and needed to be fixed. It's for the woman who is ready to rise up and fully step into her desire, her joy, her full power, and make the impact she was destined to make. For the woman who cannot stand one more second waiting, watching, and witnessing the world crumble and is ready to rebuild and expand into a better future. For a woman who is so done trying to fix the world, she decided to start with healing herself and she let the rest burn. Hi, this is Coco Nelson. Welcome back to Let the Rest Burn. Today I have Holly Shannon on. I'm so, so excited for her to be here. I met her at PodFest back in January when I was a speaker there, and we have just been chatting ever since. I'm going to let Holly introduce herself because she is a woman of many talents, and I kind of want to dig into that today as part of our talk anyways. So Holly, come on. Who are you? (laughs) What do you do? Hi, Coco. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I've been listening to your podcast, so it's an honor to be on it. So thank you. Um, And I am a podcaster, so I'm a big advocate of women who hold a microphone because I truly believe that women don't get to use their voice enough. So thank you for sharing mine on your platform. But Absolutely. um, so uh, I, I would probably say I'm the queen of reinvention, Coco. I've have, I have many, many titles, as we all do, so that doesn't make me special. Um, so yes, I am a, uh, a mother and um, a friend and many things. Uh, if we look at the career side, I have a long history in the event planning space, Uh, did that around the country for about 15 plus years. And uh, when I had my son, I actually sort of dipped into my creative side. So I was Mm -hmm. a jewelry designer for probably the better part of a decade. And from there, I went back into marketing and content. And that's where I landed in podcasting, um, help other people produce them for their businesses and now I'm sort of leaning a little bit back into that event space and creating retreats for overwhelmed startups and entrepreneurs that are trying to level up really fast. I'm a speaker. I'm a best-selling author. I like to walk a lot in my city and listen to music. I have very eclectic taste. And I collect good people, which is how I found Coco. Mm. Mm. I love that so much. Uh, there's so many different pieces of your roles that I want to dig into, but we're gonna we're gonna navigate our way there as I typically do on a nice long windy road. I'm here <laughs> for it. <laughs> Let's start with my my question that I ask everybody. Right, like I love I love to hear this answer, and then we we go from there. So my podcast, I don't know if you know this, but it uh, it is from a the name of it is from a Glennon Doyle quote uh, in Untamed. I didn't know that, so, and I read the book. But I didn't remember yes. that. So here, I will actually – I should have this memorized, but I don't. So I'm going to pull it up. But this is the quote itself. So I'm going to read it to you because I want to read the full thing to you so you understand and then can answer the question based off of this quote. Okay. So the quote is, when women lose themselves, the world loses its way. We do not need more selfless women. What we need right now is more women who have detoxed themselves so completely from the world's expectations that they are full of nothing but themselves. What we need are women who are full of themselves. A woman who is full of herself knows and trusts herself enough to say and do what must be done, and she lets the rest burn. Wow, that's some powerful shit. <laughs> I know, right? Glennon is wow. a badass. I know. <laughs> she is. And like I said, I read the book and, and I don't recall that piece. Uh, I probably need to go back and read it a second time. <laughs> wow. That's a lot. Yes. Um, it, so what hmm. did you have to burn so that you could become more full of yourself? What did you have to let burn along your path, along your journey to get to where you are today? So as I mentioned, I've had different job careers, pivots, whatever you want to call them. So I, what I would say is the burning of the old to allow the new to rise from the ashes 
has happened to me several times. So if, for example, I look at when I was in corporate and building retreats and boutique hospitality and traveling the country and so forth, when I had my son, I had to let that side of me burn. Like I could not Mm. pull the 12-hour days, the travel. I couldn't do all that. My husband at the time was working and traveling extensively, like 230 Mm. days a year. So I needed to be home with my son full time. It just wasn't really an option for me. And letting go of that identity was really hard and it it creeps back in. I won't lie, you know, like I I was, Mm -hmm. you know, a product of the big 80s, climb the corporate ladder. I was making six figures in in the work that I was doing. It was very high up. There was a lot of prestige. So you get kind of used to, you know, having a glass of Veuve Clicquot with your boss in the middle of the afternoon because that was the environment I was in. It was really hard to let go of that and become a mom and to immerse myself into what that meant. And I kind of struggled with it in the beginning. I I think my son was probably about three before I started to really like feel Mm. like I was a mom, you know what I mean? That I had Mm -hmm. that, that maternal side of me because I was the businesswoman. And what happened kind of alongside of that was just a few years in, um, I started leaning on my creative side and that's where the jewelry business came in. So it was very interesting how I went from a very masculine side of myself, type A, businesswoman, big 80s, to this you know, full on mom, going to the mom groups, infant massage, showing up at, you know, to help with the hot lunch. And I was building now a jewelry business, which is very creative. It's the other side of the brain, as they say. So I would say that that would, you know, trying to let that burn, to Mm -hmm. let go of one thing so that I could allow the other to come to fruition was a big part of me. And like I said, I'm not going to lie, you know, that creeps back in. That's in my DNA. Like I'm hardwired to, you know, work and that type A. So um, I, I haven't perfected it, but I have, I've learned to allow to a certain mm-hmm. extent, if that, if that helps define that. Mm, yes. No, I think what I think is really important, and, and I've talked about this with a couple of other people I've had on here, is just because we let it burn doesn't mean that the embers aren't still, you know, present in our yes. body and our nervous system and our life. And I really love the ebb and flow of, I think, being a fully expressed woman, because that means that we're never quite defined by anything. We're actually evolving consistently and constantly based on the present moment and our needs and the community. We are very relational beings. We're very good at adapting to what we actually need in order to thrive. And the masculine and feminine is is so important to kind of dance with. And I say this all the time. I think we are taught one way. Like we need to fit into a box. We need to do it this specific way. We need to pick a role and we need to stay with it. And disruptors and those who decide to let that shit burn end up being a little bit of everything and mm-hmm. and never actually fully being quite satisfied, which I don't think being yes. satisfied, like – I don't think being satisfied is actually ever my goal. I mean, human design-wise, I'm supposed to – like, there are moments of satisfaction. I'll just say that out loud if anyone's listening and they're like, you're a generator. You need to be satisfied. Human design aside. But if I am fully satisfied for me, that feels like I've stopped growing. Mm. I want to always have that itch, that poke, that moment of, but what's next? Or what about this? Or what if we expand here? And do you feel like in all of the roles you've done, do you feel like there's still that little poke of what's next or how can I expand here or, you know, what about this? Mm-hmm. So, yes, you articulate yourself so well, Coco. <laughs> years with you. This is great. So without a doubt, 
Um, the embers are always there. I am a constant creator. I almost cannot shut it down. Uh, my notes app on my phone is full of business ideas. I have visions and ideas for other people, which I've spoken to you about. I have a million ideas for you. Mm-hmm. I can't shut off the marketing brain. Like that piece <laughs> of me keeps on going. And I think... You know, I, you know, you said the dance, and and it's such a mm-hmm. a good word between the masculine and feminine, um, and yes. we were really actually taught that men lead and women follow in a dance, um, right. and so I will say my masculine side tries to lead more often than my feminine side, so it is a struggle. But, you know, I think to what you had said where, you know, we adapt when we need to, Mm -hmm. like we kind of shift back and forth. So, I mean, a perfect example of this is, as I mentioned, I had my jewelry design business. I was home with my son. Talk about let the rest burn. I had a house fire and immediately it, it shut down everything I knew including the jewelry business that was thriving. So then I had to go sort of back into business mode to rebuild our life and and make sure my child, you know, was on track because he was only five when it happened and he was in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. So he, he needed as much stability as I could possibly give. So that masculine side kind of came right back in because it is mm-hmm. a comfort zone for me, I won't lie. And I had to give up that creative side for quite a while um, lost my mojo from it. Um, it it really never really came back. It came back in different ways. Um, I would say maybe podcasting is my new creative outlet. But I think you have to um, you have no choice but to evolve in life. And sometimes it's forced on you, like in my case. And sometimes it's by choice. I, I hope for everybody it's more by choice. But I think. Whether it's by accident or choice, you will always be building up your resiliency and you'll always Mm -hmm. be learning more about yourself in the process if you give yourself grace. Yes, yes. You know, funny thing about choice, I think that everything is choice, right? Life happens, Mm -hmm. period. Life happens, good, bad, ugly. Then we have a choice. You had a fire, you had a choice. Um, Somebody might be walking down the street and the sun hits them the right way and the song plays the right way and they get inspired, they have a choice, right? Everybody, you get to this moment of when we look at the world as if it is happening to us, right? Like this is happening to me versus this is happening for me. This is where we lose our innate sense of internal power. We, ca- we cannot control what happens in the world. Like it's at the end of the day, like very little control we have as humans, but we can control how we respond to what is presented to us. And I think your choice makes complete sense. And I'm actually going to even challenge the wording. I don't think when I think about what you did for your son and what you did in order to get your life back on track, I think about that as the divine feminine. I think about that as the embodied feminine, because when it comes to pulling your community together, pulling your resources together and figuring things out, that is that is very much a divine feminine trait. It's although the feminine has the creativity and the surrender and the flow, she also has quite the leadership style. And the leadership style is, is very relational fo- focused. Whereas the masculine is going to be a little bit more structured, boundaried, and specific to one line of thinking and a little less relational, a little more individualistic. So when you say I shifted into this space to take care of my son, I'm like, oh, that's that's where you allowed the masculine to protect you so that you could let the divine feminine come in in the presence that you had with your child. And yes, you didn't have the jewelry business, but you had this incredible opportunity to heal with your son, with your family. And it's like that that is where it, it, it spilled into. And so I think it would be interesting to even look at each stage of your life and say, here's my external expression with the jewelry business here's the internal expression of the feminine with the way that I mothered my son. And then, you know, as we continue to look at it, I imagine we will find the feminine much more often than you think. Well, I had goosebumps the whole time you were saying that because I never looked at it that way. Uh, So thank you. Actually, that's a little bit of a gift because 
um, I, I tend to look at it very black and white and I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. So thank you for it's- that. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's what we're here for, right? Is having these conversations to to look at things in a way that I feel like is more affirming to what what we're really here to do. And when I look at your life and I look at what you've done, we can define it based on the roles you've played. But for me, it's much more than that. And when you think about that like core tenet, right? I, I have an idea in my head of what this is. I'm not gonna lead you to it. I wanna I wanna hear if you can get there, right? <laughs> But when you think it's like my therapist brain, I'm like, I know what this is, dog. That's okay. Right. Keep going. I love it. It's a challenge. So I know, right? Door so, number one, door number two. Door number one. <laughs> so when you think about what the core piece that threads through all of the things that you do and have done and are inspired to do, what do you think that is for you? Can you ask that question again? Mm-hmm. What do you think is the core thread? that weaves its way through all of the roles you've played, all the decisions you've made, all the different versions of Holly. What's the core piece for you? Hmm. I'm not sure I have an answer for that because (laughs) that's a tough one, Coco. Mm -hmm. Kind of stumped me a little bit. Um, I feel like a few things come to mind, but they're probably not right. I'm probably going to need you to correct me, but I think (laughs) – uh, definitely like relationships, connection, community, um, those mm-hmm. threads come through. My heart, I'm definitely very much, a, I'm a very sensitive human being, but I don't, I don't think those were the answers you were looking for. Um, and I'm not sure that I answered it correctly. Um, <laughs> Teacher, so everyone who's listening, this is called the perfectionist <laughs> archetype. <laughs> She's demonstrating it for us now. <laughs> Hello. Right. Like I'm I'm you. I'm you, everybody. So here I'm I'm here for you to get therapy from Coco. I'm just sitting here as the guinea pig. Go for it. I love it's it's okay. It's I love the answer. I don't think I got it right. Tell me. I how many times I've actually heard that sentence when I've been in therapy or on this podcast is hilarious. First of all, we want to be your life. So I know. I know. Tell me what it is. I want to know. I think you hit it. I mean, it it's it's all of those pieces. What I see with all the different pieces of who you are is not only are you about community and you're about relationship. It's like you. It's like you enhance it, right? So I think about you enter the space, whatever that space is, and you figure out how to shine light to all the places that need to be presented to the world, right? So Hmm. we'll take your corporate job, okay? If you take your corporate job and you think about it through this lens, how did you go into that space and enhance what was already there to show the world? Uh, I'd say it was with the people. It was really just leaning in on the relationships, whether it was with the client uh, or Mm -hmm. if it was – yeah, just basically at the time it was with clients mostly, but it was really important for me to make sure that their experience was next level. Um, yes. That is something that when they left the retreat uh, or whatever, that they left better than when they came in. Like it was just mm-hmm. really important to me that they got got everything accomplished that they wanted um, so I would say it was probably along that lines. So let's use that word enhancement and let's you let's let's thread it through, right? So you you enhance their lives. They left mm-hmm. with something that they could take into the rest of their lives forever. Then you step into this jewelry business, literally like enhancing people's ability to experience beauty and. Um, see something unique and artistic in the expression of beauty and, and, and be able to adorn themselves with it, which I think is quite the enhancement. Then we look at motherhood and what you stepped into by enhancing your son's capacity to see the world as a hopeful place and a healing place and not a scary place. And then you step into podcasting and you step into this amazing co-working retreats that you guys are doing. How, what do, you, how do you call it? It's not co-working retreats. Oh, it's- uh, the, the lab retreat. Lab retreat. Thank you. Like, mm-hmm. The lab retreats. Like you're looking at these opportunities and you're like, how can we enhance this experience for the person who's having this? 
Mm-hmm. I see that exactly. thread through everything. So maybe you're Holly Shannon, the enhancer of life. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll change that on LinkedIn, my new profile. Right. I will enhance your life in all the ways. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I really see it. And so when we think about you being your full self, I think it's about recognizing that you get to be whoever you want to be in whatever role you want to be. But it's this thread that comes through of wanting to leave the space better than when you entered it in the first place. Mm -hmm. I like to. So take that. Yes, and you do. You do. And I'm curious. You know, of course, my questions are going to go towards some going deep friends. Always She's going deep. Always. <laughs> I'm the resident what, guinea pig. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're, you're not alone. So what do you think stops you from being able to be this full version of yourself? What gets in the way? Oh, wow. Self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Self-esteem. <laughs> I, 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 how, does, how does that play out? What does that mean to you? Right. So self-esteem, when I think about self-esteem, I think about our ability to have confidence in our innate abilities, right? Our ability to trust in our ourselves. So self-esteem mean to you? For me, it would be not really feeling that I'm everything I should be. Uh, and and even though I show up 150% to everything. And even though I have had many seasons of confidence, I've also had many seasons of not feeling confident or maybe some people call it imposter syndrome or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I say that they they get on the field and they go to bat against each other. And I'd, I'd like to say that as you get older – you become more self-confident and you're, you have more self-esteem. But for me, not so much. Hmm. So number one, everybody has imposter syndrome besides narcissists. So if you don't have – if you have imposter syndrome, it's like your little internal check of like, I'm not a narcissist. Just like a mm-hmm. little – just so you know. That's, a, that's like a, right. a, a human check. And I mean Is like personality my, disorder. Is that my – blue check that that's your blue check not a narcissist that's my exactly like <laughs> I, I could put that on like I could put that on like Twitter and Instagram and and everywhere here is my I am verified non-narcissistic yes yes I think we need that actually on Twitter and social media I think that'd be a really good check mark to have Sorry, I will I happily to derail interview. you <laughs> no I love it I actually I think it's a great idea um So I I find it interesting how much our brain wants to grab those underlying messages of imposter syndrome, not being good enough, not feeling like you're enough. Like it becomes louder than the truth, right? The Mm. truth is right in front of you. Like it's just right there. You're like extremely successful human. Every day you're interacting with people that you enhance But our brain loves to pull up all of the evidence in the ways that we're lacking. Yes. And honestly, the reason why is because our brains are geared towards two things, safety and growth. So if we are lacking, right, if we've missed something, if we've made a mistake, if we've shown up and not felt like we were our full selves, our brain says, that felt unsafe to me. That felt unsafe because of the emotions that I experienced or the judgment I got or the the feeling I had in my body, whatever it is. That felt unsafe. So I need to figure out how to not feel unsafe again. And then the other side of your brain is like, here's an opportunity for us to grow, right? So it's whichever one is louder that makes it more difficult. And I find that shame is always the loudest voice in our head. And This is where community is so important, Holly. And I think you know this with everything that you've done. The best way to handle low self-esteem or lack of confidence or imposter syndrome is to say it out loud to people that you trust. Mm. Because Mm -hmm. those are the people that are going to reinforce the truth even when you can't see it yourself. Do you have like a good circle of people that you lean on or when you're feeling those moments, you 
you talk to? I do. I actually um, have a few people, very small group that I can have those hard conversations with. What's interesting to me is that over the years, I have lost a lot of female friends. Mm. And I would say 50% of them were maybe due to COVID and I moved out of where I lived into a new area. And I'd say the other 50% were pretty toxic and I needed to get rid of them anyway. So I don't feel as though I have that circle of friends that are female. And I think that's why I gravitated to you and to your program, actually. Everybody who hasn't bought a ticket to, to this needs to, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I that was something I was searching for. And I actually said that at the beginning of the year that I, I need a female circle that mm. I could count on, that I can like dump in my moment of shame and sadness or low self-esteem or when I'm feeling not feeling confident. Like I need that because I've lost that throughout the years. And I, and I think we all lose those circles over time. What, you know, maybe you met a bunch of people when you had kids and the kids had sports together and you bonded with, you know, the moms and, and then the kids grow up and it changes like your life just Mm -hmm. changes. So I do have some people I can talk to. Strangely, they're mostly men. And so I have been seeking the, the girlfriend collective and I'm getting there. Yes. Ooh, that's a good that's a good branding name, the Girlfriend Collective. Let's put that Hashtag, you got it, Coco. Put it in your hashtag, right? The collective. Mm-hmm. Um so yes. Yes. Here is the painful piece of our generation, the Gen Xers, the millennials. I, I have yet to see how the Gen Zers are gonna deal with this, so we're gonna leave them out of it just for a hot minute, but I would say the millennials and the Gen Xers are struggling with this the most. The baby boomers, the women bonded through mutual experience and they didn't move about as much as the Gen Xers and the millennials have, right? Like there's mm-hmm. there was much more um, consistency in their lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so this is not everybody. This is – I'm making a generalization here for any baby boomers that are listening and it's like, excuse me. Um, But I find that female companionship and female community is extremely important. And having any sort of community is important, however you identify. But as a woman, it is innate within our evolutionary makeup, right? This is how we have survived thousands and thousands of years of really, really tough times is Mm -hmm. together, Mm-hmm. And when we are left to our own devices, we feel unsafe. When we do not feel like we belong, we inherently do not feel safe. And so our body is constantly looking to the environment to figure out how to recreate safety. And I think that's why we have a high level of anxiety. I think that's why we have a high level of ADHD. I think all of these are connected to this feeling of not belonging that is happening in our generation. And mm-hmm. so this is the ultimate shift of how do I handle being my full self? How do I get a step into Holly Shannon? Badass. I think you you're you have a book, you're a best-selling author. What? <laughs> like just miss that one, right? Like <laughs> how do I do that and feel like I am who I say I am and I have the support within and the support around me to handle anything that comes? It really is people who see you as your whole self, not just a piece, your whole self. And that requires them to do the same, to ask the same of you. It is a mutual decision. So I see in women's groups all the time, there's either these conversations that stay extremely superficial because nobody wants to talk about the hard stuff or disrupt the norm. Or I find circles that really like live in the darkness. Like there isn't, there, there is no path out. They just kind of mm. bond over the darkness. And then I find these really beautiful circles. And this is what I'm cultivating, right? These really beautiful circles where we do life together side by side. We're very real about it. 
and we see each other in these moments. So then when that shame voice comes up, we can say, hey, Holly, I know you think you're an imposter, but literally five minutes ago, I saw you do this, this, and this, which again reinforces to me as someone who is a friend and someone who's observing you and your magic, it reinforces to me that you are very much who you say you are, right? And then you believe it because this person knows you, they see you, and they get your shit, right? So I Mm -hmm. think you're very wise, to want to invest time and energy into cultivating those relationships. Yeah. Yeah, I do think you, f- you have to work at it. You do. Go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I what do you think is going to be your greatest challenge in cultivating these relationships? So so for those of you that are listening, Holly is joining me in Greece. We still have a couple yes. spots here. <laughs> opa, opa, salut. Woohoo. <laughs> oh, it's going to be amazing. And what's unique about my retreat experiences is I have collective experience 12 weeks leading up to the retreat where we talk. I actually, I this time I did two calls per week because I wanted to make sure we had lots of opportunity to connect and some people can join some days, some people not. So we, we, we opened it up. But either way, we are creating this. We're creating this collective. But what do you think is going to be your greatest challenge? Stepping into this arena with these women over the next 12 weeks? Well, what I would say is I'm a big believer of, and I almost wanted to create a podcast called this, A Mile Deep Versus A Mile Wide. Um, I really like to go deep with people and learn about them and, and help and be a support. My fear and what may hold me back is, as I mentioned, I came out of some toxic friendships not long ago, and I am very afraid sometimes to share my dirt and my shit because I feel like I lost friends, what I thought were friends, they're obviously not, but I lost people because I, I, I show everything. You know, like, mm. and and they weren't comfortable with it. So they in turn either said things that made me feel weak or they were passive aggressive. And so I think I'm a little bit triggered by that. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's easier for <clears throat> me to talk, to talk to men because they don't inherently, or at least for me, they don't inherently react the same way that women have for me historically. And and I don't know why that is. Um, and, you know, I'm willing to take, you know, a lot of blame because we enable people to treat us a certain way. And I know that. I can own up to that. But that side of me that wants to make everybody's lives better, I do mm-hmm. that at a cost to myself. Like I want to make sure mm-hmm. somehow I can make that friendship work or I could help them or I could be there for them and show them I am a good friend only to get shit on, basically. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to put E on here because I keep swearing. Sorry. Oh, um, mine is always explicit. It always, it, okay. I, I can talk every five minutes. You're fine. Okay. Like, All right. Fine. It's, fine, fine. it's always been. Yeah. <laughs> So I probably just unpacked like 50 things that you could dissect there, but um, I am, I'm excited to go deep with mm-hmm. a group of women who have signed up to do exactly that. You know, it's one thing when yes. you make friendships with people and, and you give your whole heart to them and you're really like honest and full and tell them all your shit and you know, it's a new friendship and they either run away because they're like, holy shit, she got too much for me. Or they stay because they're like, wow, this person is really genuine and and they're putting their whole self on their sleeve. The fact Mm -hmm. that you have put together this retreat with women who are entering the ring with that in mind was very appealing to me because Mm -hmm. I have the chance to um, allow myself to be vulnerable and not have somebody throw it back in my face. Yes. Yes. It's a safety that's created when you do it in a therapeutic group, that you get exactly. to practice in that arena and and know I am going to hold everybody accountable, right? Like that's my job. My job is to make sure that nobody is an asshole. But mm-hmm. we, we'll all show our asses, but nobody's going to be the asshole. So <laughs> I <laughs> – Pretty tight ass. I'm up for it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> I love we're bopping in out of depth and you know some humor. I humor. love it. Sick um, humor. That's that's it's literally how I talk in my sessions too. I'm very real and and I I swear often. So I w- I want to I actually want to highlight this because I don't think you're unique in this experience, but you are also unique in this experience. So I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna mm-hmm. caveat that you're not unique. If you're part of my world, people who are listening to my podcast are like, I hear you, Holly. The ones that are not listening to my podcast that would never listen to my podcast, they're the ones who wouldn't get it. <laughs> I'll be mm-hmm. honest, right? Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. okay, so I describe it as a mirror. For you, I'll describe it as like you are like the flashlight, okay? So if I'm the mirror, you're the flashlight. I'm going to give you a bunch of different metaphors here and it's going to be so fun. Just, just go on the ride with me for a second. I walk into a room and I'm a mirror. People immediately see themselves reflected mm-hmm. back because I'm not projecting. I'm I'm just – that's how I've always been. And so when people see that and they see their truth and they see me not projecting, um, it can be a natural repellent. Like they will run as far as they can away from me because they really want to project and mask who they are. And it's extremely unappealing to be around me when you are that way. Mm. And I have done enough work on myself to now be like, I'll see you soon. See you in about three months. <laughs> right. Or like, <laughs> I hope this, I hope this is an opportunity for you to learn. But for a long time, I adapted and chameleoned myself and turned my mirror off so that I could try and fit in or keep a friendship. So I definitely identify with that, Holly. I, I know what that feels like. And we have two very important needs as humans the desire to self-express, and the desire to belong. We will deny our self-expression for belonging every time. Mm. Yes. And so this is, I want both. This is what Mm -hmm. Let the Rest Burn is about. Like, I want both. I want you to self-express, and I want you to get a sense of belonging. And, And this is where we have to, this is your ownership, right? Where you say, I'm going to learn how to be fully self-expressed and find my place of belonging and let everybody else who cannot see me as my true self burn. And I, mm. metaphorically, right? No, like, no, so, I mm-hmm. <laughs> Make sure everybody else does. Um, <laughs> poof. It's just a Harry poof. Potter moment. Poof. Yeah. Right? <laughs> oh, God, Harry Potter's so good. So this is, that's my one metaphor. Um, I want to hear your thoughts, and then I'm going to give you a second metaphor that I think is really important for anybody listening as well. So how does that feel to, to think about it from a sense of like, so you're the flashlight, so you're, you're enhancing, you're like, hey, these are all these things here that would be really amazing if you amplified. And they're like, oh my God, in shining the flashlight, my shadows are also illuminated. So not only are you showing me where I can enhance, but you're also showing me my shit. And I'm not sure I'm in a space where I can see all of that right now. And so then they, again, project back on you or they grab the light, they ignore the shadow and then later, they throw it back at you. So it becomes mm. this really convoluted relationship where really you're just shining up and giving them a gift, but they are, they're using it to manipulate a bit. Yeah, those were the toxic friends. Yeah, a yes. thousand percent. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yes. And so then you feel horrible because the stuff they're throwing back at you was maybe very intimate or scary things or things you were ashamed of that you never thought somebody would like put in your face like, hey, here you go. And so, yeah, what you said. Yes. <laughs> you articulated it better. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. I. So again, your words are extremely valuable as well. And your interpretation might be something that somebody listens to and says, oh, she simplified it or summarized it or she said it right in a way that I need to hear. So careful the way that you shame yourself (laughs) for speaking the way you're speaking because in reality, your words have value. They're just Mm -hmm. different words, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to just step in and and be the the shame blaster every single time. No, no, you're right. I mean, and and even if you put it in simplistic terms, you know, there's different ways, you know, someone can present you with a math equation and you can learn mm-hmm. two different ways to solve it. And one yes. way your brain might 
understand the mechanics better than the other way. And so you're really asking me to repeat what you said, but in my own words, because people who are listening, they will probably understand what you're saying, but maybe there's a few people that will understand it in in my terms, if I understand it correctly. That's what you're saying. Yes. Yes. And Mm -hmm. having you receive it, right? Part of this podcast is I could, I do, I have solo episodes where I talk at people, right? But one of the things that I really love about interviews is it's like, we're digging into some deep shit. People, like people who go to therapy, when they hear another person talk on a therapeutic podcast like this, they're like, oh, I'm not alone. I have these feelings too, right? I bet people are sitting there like, oh, Holly, I get it. My therapist says this shit and it comes out of her mouth like gold. And then the moment I repeat it, it just sounds like absolutely nothing like she said. (laughs) That is is legitimately, I feel that way with my therapist, right? Like I try and regurgitate what she says and I'm like, no, no, I'm just going to record her and press play. (laughs) <laughs> next time. This is this exactly. is how I should set a boundary, right? Exactly. So the final metaphor I want to leave you with and and then I want I want you to tell the audience what it is that you are currently promoting. Final metaphor I want to leave you with and uh I will probably do this this particular podcast next month when I talk about the vigilante. But have you heard of the Sigma Wolf? No. Do you know what that is? Okay. Okay. No. So here is, so we've got our typical, when we're talking about our roles, a lot of times we talk about alphas and betas and thetas. You know, we have all that whole uh, Greek language. So in a wolf pack, there's an alpha. Okay. So the, the alpha is responsible for the, the community at large. It's usually um, operating within the community, um, sometimes at the back of the pack, right? Like there's a lot of things that are happening, but the alpha is ingrained in the community. Then we've got the betas that are typically in service to the alpha. And then you've got, you know, the the other ones that are are followers or betas in training or alphas in training, whatever. Then you have the sigma. The sigma is circling the pack from a distance there to look for coyotes, any stragglers, uh, any other packs that are coming nearby. They have the vision of looking outside of the pack and then will inform the alpha if something is going on. Sigmas often are incredibly misunderstood. And they're usually the ones that walk in and be like, hey guys, there's a pack of coyotes. We got to move from this amazing meadow that we're in. I know y'all are napping and it's like so glorious. You got to move or you're going to die, right? So people don't like receiving that information. It's not their favorite thing to hear. Alphas can handle it to a degree, but the rest of the population struggles with Sigma energy. But sigma energy is necessary for survival, and they're usually the ones that see things far before they actually happen. I find that women who are sigmas struggle to find a community that long lasts because they either A, run into the like the lone wolves, the stragglers, the ones that are a little toxic and got kicked out of the community, and you're like, hey, <laughs> they're like out there. You run into other sigmas where you see yourself reflected, but you tend to be very independent people. Or you interact with alphas, but have a bit of jealousy or envy with these women who naturally magnetize people to them. I think you're a sigma. Mm -hmm. And I think there's this underlying piece of if we claim our leadership status as a sigma, it feels like everything makes sense. I'm not, I'm a sigma. I'm not supposed to be in community. I'm supposed to create a safety for the community to exist. My closest friends are other sigmas and alphas, period. How does that land? What are your thoughts? That's a whole fresh perspective, by the way. And if I work backwards from what you said, the reflection against other alphas Mm -hmm. has always been presented to me as they are jealous of you. Mm. of what you've accomplished. And so that's why they're not letting you lead alongside them. That's why they're making it difficult for you to enter and and be with them. Or mm-hmm. they're just making your life hard. And I don't mean that in an egotistical manner, like I'm just so mm-hmm. everything. So they're they're jealous of me or whatever, or threatened by me. I don't mean it in that respect, like, oh, I have great hair. She's jealous of it. It's not that. It's that I know I'm a strong leader. Like I know that I have that in me because I've done it 
for so long and I've had to Mm -hmm. navigate this world and lead. So I think that if I'm torqued backwards from what you said, I would probably say that that's where I run into the problem. Mm -hmm. And the be and then if i work to the other end being on the outskirts watching what's happening and um i think there's a lot of truth to that cuz as we were talking about earlier before we pressed record i am that person who is always full of ideas i see a lot of trends and i have visions of grandeur for a lot of people and so i always want to share it with them and some people are strong enough to receive it and yes. some people are not yes so here's here's the piece that Sigma struggle. We try to be alphas. Mm-hmm. We stay too long. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants us to walk alongside them after we just told them that they have to leave the meadow that they were really excited to sleep in. Mm-hmm. We deliver the information and we leave. Okay? Because what ends up happening is we try and make friends with the type of woman or the type of person that we need to be informing which means there is a little bit of a hierarchy. They are equals. The alpha and the sigma are equals. But if the sigma says it's time to go, the alpha listens. Mm. So what ends up happening is when we don't step into our full power as a sigma, the alpha sees us as either competition for the alpha role. Like, okay, if you're not a sigma, then you want to be an alpha and you cannot. This is my ship. This is I'm writing this. It's like the difference between a consultant and a CEO. If I'm going to walk in as a consultant and I'm talking to the CEO and I'm telling them, you need to do this, 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 and this, I'm not also trying to step alongside and co-CEO with them. Mm-hmm. And so, and anytime we try and create a sense of belonging with an alpha or a CEO, it can look like that. It can feel like that. So the goal is to have your own magnetism that kind of pulls people into your world that are excited about being alongside you and doing a a life alongside you, but don't need you to be their very best friend. They want Mm -hmm. you, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so it is. It's about attracting other sigmas. It's about recognizing a healthy alpha versus an unhealthy one. Um, And I love using this language because I really think it, it helps people understand it's not a, It's not really about me. It's about a lot of people being misaligned and not figuring out how to step into alignment. And the Sigma's job is to point out where you're misaligned. Mm. Hey, no, I think you're... it's fabulous. Yes. Sorry. And <laughs> no, no, no. You can interrupt with that anytime. Uh, but so this is, and for anybody listening, you know, like I, like I said, I'll do a full podcast episode on this a, a later time and talking about my own life and I'll dig into it more personally. But I want people to understand that whether you're an alpha, a sigma, a beta, a theta, or figuring out where you belong, mostly why we struggle is when we don't feel like we can be our full expressed selves. And the more comfortable you get with that, the easier it will be to find a place of belonging. We just mm-hmm. haven't been taught that in our society. You know, We've been taught to self-sacrifice and, and people please in order to belong. And that just isn't actually what happens. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, ask yourself the question, you know, how can I be more self-expressed today? How can I be more of myself? You know, I am another Sigma. So when I met you, I was like, oh, she's fabulous. There was no there was no threat in my body. I just was curious about you and wanted to get to know you more. Mm-hmm. Um, there's There was nothing there that created a reaction in me that was like, I need to prove myself to Holly or, you know, Holly's better than me. It was just like, I'm curious about this woman. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's the, and, and we can dig into it more another time, just, you know, one on one and stuff. But it would be really curious to go through these relationships that you've had with these women and be like, okay, where does she fit? Is she a misaligned alpha? Is she another sigma that hasn't claimed her power or her leadership? Is she really a beta? Betas are super annoyed by sigmas, they are not fans <laughs> of us. Okay, because we we mess up their alpha. We come in and disrupt the status quo and they're like, I organized this whole meadow gathering and you just fucked it up, right? Like they do not like us. Um, and <laughs> They give us the most shit. But at the end of the day, if a beta understands why you're doing it, they they can get in line and they can accept it and move forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, Holly, tell us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. I it's sigma energy is it's definitely saved me a lot of pain and grief. Really understanding my role in female groups has been powerful. Mm-hmm. So, 
where can we find you? What are you currently doing? What are you offering? How can we get into your world? So I'm doing a few things because as I've mentioned, I multifaceted. As you should. <laughs> as you should. Yes. So you could always hit my website at hollyshannon.com. And um, right now I'm building out exclusive retreats for entrepreneurs, freelancers, startups. Um, it's really an immersion program for six days where we get you in there. It's like you know, nine months of YouTube university, if you will, and and everybody learns and teaches and you leave empowered and ready to like focus on your business. So it's a it's a great for business strategy and and for all the little things you've been looking to learn. And that's the labretreat.com. And uh, yeah, I'm on all the socials. Feel free to follow me if you want. So that way I can learn who you are. And be sure to listen to Coco's back episodes because I've been listening to it and I'm learning a lot. And come join me on her retreat because it's yes. going to be amazing. I can't wait. So thank, thank oh. you, Coco, for all that you're doing. And I'm so, so thankful that I found you. You have no idea because I've been looking for somebody who would help me dissect all of this shame and all these things that I struggle with so I can have a healthier life. So thank you. Mm. Well, I, it's an honor, honestly. And mm. I know that you're also going to enhance my life as well. When I I'm will. like rich and famous, we're going to go back to this moment and do a podcast episode and be like, guess what? I healed all of Holly's trauma and then she made me uber successful. Co-created yes, success, ladies. You got it. You got it. It's that girlfriend collective. We're here for it, it right? We are here for it. It's gonna yeah. be. It's gonna be international. It I is. um. We'll put it. We'll put it on the vision board. Absolutely. Well, you're <laughs> at least the podcast is starting to give you broader reach. You know, that's something else that um yes. I do. I help people build podcasts, but something that was always really important to me um is that women have a way to share their voice. And as you can mm. see, Coco's doing that. It's a, a democratized platform. You don't have to ask permission to have a podcast, especially if you've been asking for permission to have a seat at the table. You don't have to do that here. And you will be heard all over the world. And um, I'm sure you're starting to see, just looking at your show, how many countries you're probably already picked up in. So keep it up. Oh, I need to actually figure out how to do that. So I'll show talk you. When I, when I press, when I, when I stop the recording, let's talk about it. Like, yes, hey, how do do you that? got it. You got it. <laughs> Holly, thank you so much for being on. It was an absolute pleasure. I don't think this will be the last time that you're on this uh, you. uh, podcast. And maybe we'll chat after Greece and all the transformation Absolutely. that was possible. Absolutely. Have a wonderful rest of your day, everybody. Thanks. Thank you for listening. And until next time. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single second that you chose to set aside for you and the impact that you're going to have on the world today. To be inspired, to be seen, and to hold space starts with the very actions we take with ourselves. Look at the show notes for more information. Like and subscribe and share with friends if you feel inspired to. And as always, let the rest burn. Burn.